Sentire Media. Hello everyone and welcome to A History of Italy. Episode 33, Here Come the Normans, There Goes the Neighbourhood. First of all, let me apologise once again for the delay in the release schedule. At the moment we're in the process of emptying out a four-storey house all on our little own, and so all of my free podcasting time is being taken up. But don't worry, we'll be back on track very soon with full enthusiasm, especially thanks to all the great feedback that you're giving me. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. So, we first mentioned the Normans a couple of episodes ago when we spoke about the rebellion of Melo against the Byzantines in southern Italy, particularly in the city of Bari. In this episode, we're going to have a closer look at how the Normans came to be in southern Italy and what they did once they arrived. This episode is going to break a little bit with the chronological succession, taking us back a bit before where we left Emperor Conrad and then taking a peek a little ahead after him. I imagine I'm not really spoiling anything saying after him because you will know that he's not living happily in Germany at the ripe old age of 1,000 and something as we speak. As is often the case in history, we have the legend, and instead we have what we can assume to be the truth. We can get the legend from a monk from the important monastery of Monte Cassino. Apparently, a group of around 40 pious Norman pilgrims were on their way back from the Holy Land and happened by the city of Salerno, which, at the time, was under siege by the Saracens. Moved by their strong Christian faith, they asked the local lord for some horses and weapons and quickly saw off the Arab threat. The people hailed them as heroes and bore them in triumph. The lord of Salerno asked them to stay and offered them lands and riches, but, claiming that they had acted only out of love for their faith and for God, they refused and returned to their lands. The truth is that we're really not sure how and why the first Normans arrived in southern Italy, but the idea of a stop-off on the way to the Holy Land is perfectly plausible. Italy was indeed a stopping point for those heading east, and in particular, the Normans would have been interested in visiting the sanctuary of St. Michael in Gargano. This is the little bump on the heel of the boot that is Italy. It is the top of the Puglia region. St. Michael, the warrior angel, was a perfect patron for the formidable band of warriors. Other explanations could be that they were called to southern Italy as mercenaries, which they became in the end anyway. Whatever their case may have been, the Normans came and the Normans stayed. I don't think that a group of history lovers like you We'll need to know that, as we mentioned two episodes ago, the Normans came down from, would you believe it, Normandy, where they were proliferating like rabbits, and the lands there were not enough 
to contain their needs and their warrior Viking spirit, which had not been completely snuffed out by becoming landowners. Plus, as we said, only the first-born son would inherit anything from the father, which left a load of second and third sons with nothing to their name. Now, southern Italy offered the perfect opportunity to adventurer warriors, with no lands or wealth to their names. Let's set a very general scene, just looking at the three main players at the time. Again, we're talking late ten twenties. This is by no means a list of all the players involved, but it's enough to go on. So, first of all, we had Pandolfo of Capua, then Guaimar of Salerno, and finally Sergius, Duke of Naples. All three of these gentlemen were jockeying for power, sometimes siding with the Byzantines against the Holy Roman Empire, sometimes doing the exact opposite, and. More and more often, using the Normans as mercenaries, who would also very happily often switch sides in the ongoing conflicts. The first real leader of note was a Norman by the very cool name of Reinulf Dregnot. I mean, how can you not be hard as nails when you have a name like that, Reinulf Dregnot? He was hired out by Sergius of Naples. Against Pandolfo of Capua, for this, Sergius rewarded Reinulf with the county of Aversa, around fifteen kilometers north of Naples. The year was ten twenty-nine, and this was the first Norman holding in Italy. It was the first seed of what would become a forest, or, if you take the opposite view, the start of an infection. In time, in a very short time. The county of Aversa became the principality of Aversa. Brother called brother and cousin called cousin, they would arrive in little droves, earning their keep on the way down by fighting. So not all of them got all the way down. When they did, though, hey presto, you were a baron, and you were helping Prince Reinulf extend the southern lands. There were plenty of second and third and so on Norman sons to come along. Indeed, the sneaky Pandolfo ended up losing Capua to one of them, and so fell Gaeta, Acerenza, and Genzano. From the Lazio region in the west to the Gargano in the east, Norman castles started to pop up like little mushrooms, with roving bands of Norman adventurers. Crisscrossing the country. Among these were a band of six brothers, out of a total of twelve, who came down in different moments. Their family name was that of the village in Normandy they came from, Hurtville, Altavilla in Italian, and their father, Tancred, was a minor noble who was a bit strapped for cash. However, he was able to train his sons. And equipped them with armor, a shield, and a lance, as well as a horse, and sent them off to seek their fortune, possibly with a loving kick in the backside. The two eldest sons were William, known as the Iron Arm, and Drogo of Game of Thrones memory. 
With names like those, even in infancy, they must have ruled the warrior school playground. No one could get bullied if their nickname was Iron Arm, and you'd really not want to make fun of a Drogo. The Hauteville brothers were given a golden opportunity, along with Reinald Dregnot, when another anti-Byzantine rebellion broke out again in 1038. The whole thing was kicked off by a man called Arduin, and in time also involved Argiro, who was actually the son of Melo. Remember the apple tree guy from the 1009 rebellion? It was his son. Since working with the Normans had worked out so well the first time, at least in the beginning of the rebellion, they took the Hortville brothers and Reinolf on board. The whole rebellion was made up of a series of skirmishes, among which we can identify three main battles: the Battle of Olivento, the Battle of Monte Maggiore, and the Battle of Monte Peloso. The Byzantines were led by the Catepano, which was the name given to the Byzantine governor in Italy. In this case, it was Nicephorus Doceanus, but he was killed at the very start of the rebellion. His substitute, Michele Doceanus, was able to put together an army and met the Normans and Lombards at the first of the three great battles, that of Olivento. On the seventeenth of March, ten forty-one, it was as they well were an alliance of Lombards and Normans versus Byzantines, and locals loyal to the empire or coerced into fighting for the empire. The supreme commander of the Norman Lombard side was Atanulf, brother of the Prince of Benevento. Michele Ducayanus was defeated at this battle and ended up hiding out in Bari. One of the only possessions left to the Byzantines in Italy. After the battle, William Ironarm became Lord of Melfi, which became the base of the rebellion, as well as becoming Lord of Ascoli Piceno. Drogo became Lord of Venosa. However, the Byzantines were not going to just pack up their things and definitively leave what they still saw as part of the Roman Empire. So. Along came battle number two in the rebellion, that of Monte Maggiore. The battle took place on the fourth of May, ten forty-one. This time, William Ironarm Hauteville was given supreme command. The Byzantines had put together an army made of elite troops, but also forcefully recruited locals, who actually ended up hindering more than helping. Although the Byzantines had numerical superiority, in the end the tactical and weapons superiority of the Normans and the Lombards won out. They were able to gain a more advantageous position, and the Byzantines had lost from their very first charge. The Catepano survived, but he was removed from his charge and sent off to Sicily. The Eastern Emperor. Was getting a bit tired of the news of continuous defeats, and the local population, bolstered by the continuous Norman and Lombard victories, was starting to join in on the rebellion. At this point, a new Catepano, Ex Augustus Boianus, was nominated with the hopes that he would be the man to turn the crashing Norman tide.
To make a long story short, he wasn't. Six months after the Battle of Monte Maggiore, the second battle, the forces lined up again, and on the 3rd of September, 1041, the Battle of Monte Peloso took place. I wanted to go for a dramatic effect here, but it's a little bit hard to keep things serious when the last battle of the rebellion came about in a location called Hairy Mountain. This time, it was the Normans who opened up the hostilities with the by now famous and devastating heavy cavalry charge. William Ironarm was not well that day, but when the fighting began in earnest, he left his sick tent, donned his armour, and threw himself into the melee. The Byzantine forces were destroyed. The Catepano, ex Augustus Boyannes, was captured and taken to Benevento. He was later ransomed back to Constantinople, with the Lombards keeping the ransom to themselves and not giving any over to the Normans, treating them as mercenaries rather than allies. Something that did not make these men of the North happy at all, and they would soon show the Lombards how annoyed they were getting. The Lombards were happy with what they had obtained up to this point, so for the moment they reached separate agreements with the Eastern Empire. Argiro, the son of Melo, even became Catepano later for eight years, after the Normans had gotten rid of six Catepani in four years, and after the Byzantines had given up fighting the Normans for a bit, and actually nominated Drogo Hauteville as their representative in Italy. The Normans, however, were none too keen on ending hostilities. They were enjoying themselves immensely, and wouldn't stop until the Byzantines had been kicked out of the boot completely and definitively. They were also not finished bringing brothers into southern Italy. In the year 1047, along came another Hauteville brother, this one called Robert. He came to be known as Robert Giscard, a word from the Latin Viscardus and the old French Viscard, meaning an array of things including the resourceful, the wily, the cunning, the fox or the weasel. But we'll see how Robert got on in a couple of episodes. First, we have to go back and check on our emperor and look at what's going on in the church. As I said, we'll be talking a bit more about the Norman conquest of southern Italy and then Sicily. But in the meanwhile, if you'd like to listen to some good podcasts on the topic, you can look it up in realcrusadeshistory.com. That's www.realcrusadeshistory.com, which you can also find on YouTube. They also deal with the subject in the Almost Forgotten podcast, and you can find the website at almostforgotten.squarespace.com. So if you want to look up those two podcasts, I really recommend it. I enjoyed them. I'd like to say hello to two listeners who have been in touch recently, Frank S. and Roberta, whose family originates from the area of Istria, and perhaps we'll have a chance to talk together about it on a future episode. Speaking of Roberta, 
the patron Roberta has quite rightly pointed out that my possible future division of patrons into different levels did not include a single woman. For this, I apologize and feel rather ashamed. So, I thought perhaps I could do couples. So, the first entry level will be the Giuseppe and Anita Garibaldi level. The second will be Mazzini and Matilda of Canossa level. The third will be the Galileo Galilei and Margherita Hack level. And perhaps the top level will be the Dante and the Montessori level. Let me know what you think about those and, and we might eventually get around to fixing those groups. As always, thank you very, very much to my various Patreons. So the Anita and Giuseppe Garibaldi level, Preston, Roberta, Sean and Jeff. The Mazzini and Matilda di Canossa level, Benjamin. The Galileo and Margarita Hack level, Chris, Stephen, Vincent, Jay and Shelby. And the Dante and Montessori level, Sen. Finally, a really, really big thank you to fellow Italian living in England, Marco M., who not only has left a review on iTunes, who not only has donated generously on PayPal, who not only has been in touch via Facebook, but he has also bought a copy of the K-Rock Chelsea Hotel, the book which sponsors this podcast. Marco, grazie mille, veramente troppo gentile, grazie. Well, that's all for this time. I won't be releasing an episode next week. We're almost finished with the house. And the recording schedule has caught up with the studying I had done. So I'm going to have to take some time to do a little bit more. But in November, we'll be right back to our regular schedule. Once again, thanks to everyone very much for listening. And until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.